Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. This morning I'm sharing a message continuing from last week. It's called Building a Legacy, Sowers and Eaters. We saw last week that God is a God of generations. He refers to himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that implies that the work that God is doing in your life today, He wants to continue beyond yourself. That means what He wants to achieve in your life needs to go past your own. And that's why it's so important, whenever you neglect spiritual things, you must remember that you're actually impacting the generations to come. It's not just about your convenience at home. But every work that God does in your life becomes a testament for the next generation. Amen? And so the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, chapter 8, verse 22, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. And this shows us that God is very systematic and very mechanical. The culture tells us that God works in mysterious ways. You never know what God is going to do. No. The Bible tells us that God is very predictable. In fact, it says in the book of Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I, I would have to tell you, someone came after the service and asked me, no, but you said that God is predictable, but isn't it true that God works in mysterious ways? And I had to explain to the person that that's not a scripture. Many of us don't know that. The other scripture that we tend to quote that's also not a scripture is, God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> it's from the book of Second Imaginations, chapter 12. <laughs> right? And many times, it's because of people's experiences that they've deduced that God is a mystery. You never know. But Jesus Christ has come and he has incarnated himself in order to make God knowable. In order to make God relatable. Tomorrow we don't have to wonder whether the sun will rise in the east and set in the west or whether it will change course tomorrow it's in the no it will rise in the north and set in the middle. We don't have to have that kind of um, concern because God designs things very predictably. Amen? And the creation, the Bible says the creation reveals the Godhead and the nature of God. If he was a disorganized, unpredictable God, creation would be exactly the same way. Amen? So the Word of God tells us that one of the things that will remain as long as the earth stands is seed time and harvest. God only created once. And he put the potential within the things that will reproduce in the form of a seed. So that the seed is able to carry on the design of the master. If you look at a seed, you see one entity. But if you've got enough vision, you'll be able to look at a seed and see a forest in a seed. That is the potential and the power in a seed. And God created it such that every seed carries within itself everything it needs to fulfill the design that God has for it. Amen? 
Now, when it comes to potential, you have great potential. Tell your neighbor and say, this is the face of potential. Yeah, that's how it smiles and looks back at you. The face next to you is the face of potential. But many of us have not seen the fruits and harvests of what God has placed in us as potential. And we'll see what the word says about that. All that reproduces after itself does so by a seed and has the potential to multiply itself. This is Jesus in John chapter 12 verse 24. It says, Assuredly, and most solemnly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just one grain. It never becomes more but lives by itself alone. But if it dies, it produces many others and yields a rich harvest. That means that if you have one seed in your hand, the potential of that seed is only released once you deploy it into the soil and it dies. Many of you, you are a seed of potential. You see that in your chair. But the reason why you have not seen the growth and the fruit of your life is because you have not yet allowed your life to die so that it can bring forth the rich harvest that God has for you. Amen? Many people are very self-absorbed and within themselves they make a very small package. And it is really important that you realize that Christ has made it available so that you can be a blessing. So that your life has meaning generationally. Generationally. Ask your neighbor, are you a sower or are you an eater? Many of us, we know. We know our neighbor is a, is a professional eater. <laughs> very experienced, very qualified, very competent. <laughs> uh, some of us... Our metabolism is too high to tell, you know. We're exceptional eaters, but we just don't get the, the glory that comes with it. But anyway, and so this is the question. On the earth, you will find two kinds of people. You will find sowers and you will find eaters. You will find sowers and you will find eaters. And I'd have you know that the best one is the sower. The eater, it's like the proverb says, teach a man, give a man a fish, and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, and you feed him for a lifetime. Be an eater, and you'll eat that day. <laughs> but among the seed that you've received, you need to delineate that this is food, and this is seed. This is food, this is seed. A farmer who eats all his seed, will eventually be begging for food. There is no choice you have. It is designed that way. It's just a matter of time. You eat all your seed, you will find yourself like this. And you know, Africa has been like this for a long time. And they've been like this. They've gone to America. Like this. Then they went to Europe. Like this. 
And then they went. <laughs> the first service also knew the answer to that. I don't know how very prophetic people here. Then they went to China like this. Huh? But God has placed sufficient wealth in the very soil that we walk upon. And yet, we are like this. You must make a decision to move from being an eater to becoming a sower. And that is a decision that you make not because of the resources that you have within your pockets. Because many times you say, no, but oh Lord, once you make me a millionaire, you will watch me. Watch me, Lord. Watch me. <laughs> once you make me a millionaire, then I will sow this side, sow that side. I will sow. No, no. The, the problem is, if you become a millionaire today, you better get become a millionaire today. What I mean by that is, if you become a millionaire today, you better become a millionaire today. Otherwise, those millions will be gone next week. Some marketing company will bring out a new Black Friday. <laughs> Black Tuesday. <laughs> and you'll be spending all your money there and saying, okay, Lord, you provide all my needs. Okay. And God has no problem in, in terms of supplying you all the time. And Monday he supplies, and Tuesday he supplies, and you eat, and, and Wednesday he supplies, and you eat, and, and Thursday he supplies, and every day he supplies, and you eat. But this is not what God designed you for. He has not made his sons and daughters to be beggars forevermore. He has made them to rule and reign and to cultivate their environments. You ask yourself, I find myself in a workplace, I get a little bit. The question is not what you get. The question is what you do with what you get. Ask your neighbor, are you an eater or are you a soul? <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I know you, <laughs> my friend. Okay, so let's look here, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. The Apostle Paul had the practice of going around the churches and the churches would partner with him in terms of supporting the other churches. And one such church was the Macedonian church. They were poor. And the Bible says that in their poverty, they begged Paul. They begged him for the privilege to be able to sow, to be able to give. And you're in your situation and you're saying, no, I'm too poor to give. No, you are too poor not to give. Amen? This is how God looks at it. When Moses was sent to Egypt, he started explaining to God, Lord, you know, if I go there, who will I say sent me? First of all, who are you? And God said, tell them, I am. Okay. <laughs> okay, I will say I am. Okay. But Lord, just to say I am, I have a stuttering problem, so it will be like, ah, I am. And he's telling God about his issue. And God, you see God's personality coming out and God says, Am I not the one who made the mouth? Who is it that made the mute and the blind? Therefore, go! And then God comes down and says, Moses, I will be with you. <laughs> I'll be with you. That's what I'm trying to say, son. 
right? And so many times we explain to God concerning our deficiencies, we're standing before the very one who made the mouth we are telling him with. Amen? So here, the Apostle Paul is once again at the instance where he's speaking to a church and explaining to them the privileges of sowing and reaping. And it says this is the point, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, meaning not being forced. You're not supposed to give being forced and coerced and manipulated and all of that. No. Because God loves a cheerful giver. The reason why God doesn't want you to give reluctantly or coercing is because he doesn't give like that. Our giving and our generosity is a manifestation of our participation in the divine nature. Meaning when you are giving and when you have forgotten about yourself and you are more concerned about your neighbor, you are very much like your father in heaven. Amen. He doesn't give because he's manipulated, coerced, even though some people pray like, oh God, and they try and bring on their manipulations to God. God is not moved by that. He is moved because he gives because he is generous at heart. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make how much grace? What is grace? Grace is favor. So all favor abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God told Abraham, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. So God wants to bless you to put you from the position of being like this to the position where you are blessing others. You understand? And so he says that you may abound in every good work, as it's written, he has distributed freely. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Speaking of God and speaking of you. And then verse 10, it says, he who supplies, what? Seed to sower and bread for food. The King James says, bread to the eater. Will also multiply, supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. That means that God gives two things. He gives bread for those who eat. And he gives seed to who? To the sower. Notice he doesn't give seed to the eater. But those two are the same. If you look at milis, milis are seeds. If God gives you a pile of milis, please, among those, some of that, is seed. You need to be able to have enough vision to distinguish and say half of it we eat, half of it we plant, so that next season we are not here. And Africa needs to move from this to this. We are starting, we are on our way there, watch. We are on our way there. And when we say Africa, don't think Africa is some ethereal concept out there in the moon and the stars. Look at your neighbor and say, Africa. <laughs> so when we say Africa needs to move, don't think Africa and the president and his ministers, don't think you, you, me, me. I need to move from this to the next. It says you will be enriched in 
every way. To be generous in every way. It's in the Bible. It's very clear. And it's not because God just wants you to get spoiled. It's because you are becoming in every way just like your father. That's why when you're walking in the streets and you see a widow, your heart must be moved. When someone, when someone is saying, we are in need we, need, we need help and all, your heart must be moved. Don't look at your pocket. You must know that there's a kingdom where there are resources beyond what you can even imagine. And when you begin to put your hand out to say, Lord, I'm going to become a sower instead of an eater, he will supply seed to the sower. Which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Job said, I have made the widow to rejoice. Have you ever given, bless someone so much, they cry and they cry and they cry? Yeah? Or is it just Oprah? <laughs> you and you. And... Amen? Mark 12, verse 41. Jesus notices our gifts to God. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put everything, all she had to live on. What he's saying there is that when you become rich, the tendency to give invaluable gifts is seriously high. The value is diluted. That's why if you are poor now, this is your opportunity. <laughs> to give in such a way, the little you give gets recognized by heaven. And the much that the rich guy gives is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen? This is the opportunity. Don't don't let your situation where you are now keep you from moving to where God wants you to be. You are not your job. You are not your bank account. You are not the money in your pocket. You are a child of God. Amen? And when you recognize who you are first, then your inside begins to define your outside. Many times, even this year, and the economy and everything, many people have been in identity crisis. Who am I when I don't have money? Who am I when my business is failing? Who am I when I cannot look my wife in the eye to explain to her where the bread is going to come from? Who am I? A God says that you are a man born of God apart from what you have in your pocket. I am your exceedingly great reward. When Joseph was being sold on the slave post, the Bible says that God was with him and Joseph was a prosperous man. A prosperous man, naked, being sold at the slave post. A prosperous man. Is that how you see yourself this year? Have you chosen to speak things that are contradicting the word of God? Ah, this, is, this is awesome. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 8. Speaks about Melchizedek. Melchizedek is a very strange character that comes in the Old Testament. And he comes to meet Abraham after Abraham goes into battle and brings spoils of war. 
And he comes and they say that Melchizedek doesn't have beginning of days or end of days. He has no genealogy, no mother or father, right? And he's called the king of righteousness and the king of peace. It sounds very much like a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus, okay? But there's speculation. Well, Melchizedek is high priest and he comes out bringing bread and wine. And Abraham meets him, and it says Abraham pays the tithes of the spoils to Melchizedek. And Melchizedek blesses him and says, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. All right? And so then it says in Hebrews, Here mortal men receive tithes, but there in heaven he, Jesus, receives them, of whom it is witness that he Lives. Now look here. Even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. What is he saying there? He's, Levi is the son of Jacob. Jacob is the son of Isaac. Isaac is the son of Abraham. Levi was not even a thought when Abraham was paying tithes to Melchizedek. And it says that by Abraham's tithes, Levi was sowing seeds. That means that your seed today, your sowing today, your giving, your taking care of the poor, could be something that the generations down the line will be profiting for because they were in your loins when you were giving this morning. This is tremendous. Ask your neighbor, is your grandfather a sower or a eater? Because <laughs> it matters. It matters. If they were eaters, then you better start. You better start. Transition your family from being eaters to sowers. Fathers, mothers, take your children. Africa, take your children from being eaters to sowers. It takes a decision. Somebody in the family needs to say to here and no further. No more fear living. Okay. Now, my parents, they were in the ministry for a long time. And especially there in Rundu. John. Yeah, so they were in the ministry in Rundu. <laughs> at the church there. And uh, reaching out to the, to the Rukwangali people there. And so, at the church, at my father's church, obviously, there's offering time. And it's not like here where you pass around the basket. In that church, they have the basket in front and then the different age groups go. Huh? So, give what you have, give it unto the... Then the young people, give it unto the Lord, give it unto the Lord. Give what you have. <laughs> All right. So you're busy giving your offerings. And on, now the backstory is, after church every Sunday, my dad used to take us for fish and chips at the Portuguese, uh, um, what do you call it, takeaway. Huh? And if you have, as a child, if you have your own money and savings, investments, stuff like that, then you can use that to buy sweets. Huh? Now I knew that after the service, we were going to go to the, to the Portuguese restaurant, buy some chips, and then I will, I will, I will need some money to buy some bubble gum or sweets. Now, my mom used to always teach us, 
you give. So they give us the 20 cents. That's South African 20 cents. You remember that one? That 20 cents, that's what you will give into the offering. And I was thinking, wait a minute, you know. There's an opportunity here. <laughs> the wisdom was coming. And so what I did is I took that and when I said, give to the Lord, give it unto the Lord. I went to the front, give it unto the Lord. I put in my 20 cents and I took out, you remember that big one rent? Give it all to the Lord. <laughs> Give it all to the Lord. Service over and everything. And you know if you are the pastor's child, you always stay after the service for two hours because there are meetings afterwards with the church board and things like that. So I'm playing outside after the service, excited about, you know, my investments that are coming. <laughs> and then someone comes to call me and says, uh, your mother is calling you inside quickly. You know? <laughs> so I went inside, you know, and as I'm walking inside, my mom is sitting there in the corner with another auntie. And you know when someone calls you and they are still conversing, it's fine. But when they call you and when, once you come in, they look at you like that. <laughs> and every step you take, you know, <laughs> like you're approaching the judgment day. And as I approach right next to my mom, you know, she immediately grabs me in my pocket like, <laughs> what do you have there in your pocket? And so I reach in and I take out the one dollar with that look on my face like, how did, which devil put this in here, you know? So she grabbed it in from my hand and she said, at home we will make the, the sums. That day we didn't go to the, <laughs> to the fish and chips, we were straight home, straight to the bathroom where the shoes are lined up, you know? Even nowadays, you know, when the offering basket is passing, you know, I just put like this. <laughs> just here in the back of my mind. <laughs> and I was transitioned, I was transitioned from being an eater <laughs> to being a sower. <laughs> and so, praise the Lord for good parents. <laughs> And so these are just keys, you know, we're going to go into a time, Malcolm is going to share a little bit about our building, you know, and I give you guys an opportunity to be a part of it, you know. And so these are the keys. First of all, you got to give good seed. And your seed is good when you give with the right motive. First Corinthians 13 says, it doesn't matter if I give my body to be burnt, if I give all my clothes to the poor, but I have not love, yeah, it profits me nothing. Then good ground. You have to sow into a place where the kingdom of God is. Amen? Sow into a place where you see people getting saved, lives being transformed, you know. Sow into those kind of things. Give to the poor. Give to the widow. Those are the things that God leads us to. And then good watering. You use the word of God and speak consistent with the word of God in your life. Amen? Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.